as soon as you hold the key in your hand, you sense that there's something else about it. It's carved from stone interwoven, right? There's specks of that sort of arcane material you're now very familiar with all throughout the stone so that it kind of glitters. You put the key in the lock and seams appear on the edges of the stone. And inside is what looks like a safe, but it's as if you're peering through a veil and there are stacks of files and things. I'll grab anything that's in there. I'm going to remove them. Yeah. You pull them. It's it's a nice thick stack. It's not like even close to what you guys recovered from the archives, but leafing through them as you pull them out, you can sense that these might be missing pieces from things that you had looked through in the records room of the archives, um, you know, redacted, you know, classified sort of documents that have all been stored here, but they're a mishmash of different things. Um, you have them in your hand. Tamlin is slumped over. She's bleeding so profusely. She's on the edge of losing consciousness. Roz may be dead. It's all happened so fast, but you're surveying the scene. What do you do? I'm going to take the folder real quick that she tried to nab from me, the prophecy folder, and pull that back in. Would I be able to take my rope and tie up Roz and Tamlin and cast on both of them, spare the dying? Too kind. You touch a living creature that has zero hit points, the creature becomes stable, has no effect on undead or constructs. So if they're still like unconscious, they're just not dying anymore. So I don't know if like Roz was dead, dead. Roz catches his breath and doesn't wake up, but he's breathing shallowly. You tie him up, lay him on the floor, and you turn to perform the same healing spell on Tamlin. And it's clear that she's not unconscious. She's still alive. She's just bruised and bloodied. She's looking up at you. Why why are you doing this? Why? What do you fucking want? I I look at her with uh, tears welling up, really pissed off tears. Like, why are you doing this to us? Like, through my teeth. Roll a persuasion check. 16. She spits some blood out to the side, glancing over at Roz and back at Godot and Addie. She does, relaxes her shoulders and says, things were just getting out of hand. They had a plan and uh, honestly, we just wanted to be able to control where this thing goes. That's it. We just wanted to get ahead of it. They warned me a long time ago that people who could do the things that you just did, this was real this was a possibility and what that could mean for our society and well we just want to keep everybody safe you know and clearly they were right so instead of owning up to what you did you're framing innocent people to go down for this i don't see it that way i mean are you innocent Look at what you just did to Ross. <laughs> Literally, uh, none of this would be happening if you did not risk everybody's lives out there with this weapon. Own up. And I grab her with her cloth and I just like throw her down. Own up, dude. She's breathing heavily. She's clearly not in the best shape. She kind of just laughs to herself. It says... You still, you still don't get it. You're, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do. 
I'm not the one you should be afraid of. And uh, she kind of starts to doze off a little bit. What would you guys like to do now? I kind of want to take her with us. And yeah, I was trying to like get them both further. tied up and like we need to like figure out what's going on next. Like maybe back to Addie's place because nobody else knows that Addie's involved yet as far as I know besides these two people that we have unconscious and tied up. Either Addie's place or into the council chambers. Addie's place, Ooh. long rest, go to where we're supposed to, where they're supposed to be like hanging us in the square the next day. It's my thought. We probably couldn't like sneak all the way to the church, right? And hide out in those tunnels that we're not supposed to know about. We don't know how to get there. Well, we have a door. <laughs> yeah, I want to find out who we're supposed to be afraid of, according to her. You guys can get anywhere you want. You all know the city pretty well. You've lived here your whole lives. I mean, I, I guess, Leo, you're like a little new to spelunking around. It would be getting there without anybody knowing we were going there with two tied up unconscious bodies. It definitely presents a hazard that I'm going to exploit. Yes. <laughs> but we could uh, we could put her in a cr- we could get a crate of apples. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> put them in the crate. <laughs> Cover them with apples. <laughs> we want to keep her alive? Yeah. I feel like she has more info than what we've got now. Yeah, I don't I don't want these people to be dead. Okay. I mean, I just want Hank and uh, what's his name? Jerry. Jerry to hold hands in the back of the church at Ross's funeral. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if Ross's death is what they need to bring them together? Exactly. Says, this is not how my fanfic turned out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with letting them die. Like, we know that the future and um, Tamlin are responsible for this. So if like, there's any notes in her desk like just literally any evidence to prove that it was not uh, i, I mean I, was, folder, I keep forgetting right? about that we're framed yeah. anyway so it doesn't matter yeah. like they're all in on it but or, or are they i i totally agree with you i feel like we need to review what whatever's in the folder go back to Addie's house hopefully take a long rest and probably go confront the future because of the of the guilty parties they are the two pressing for it the most yeah, we already took one of them down. Like, the last thing we want to do is get caught facing off with the future and Tamlin and the fucking council knowing we're there and rallying the scouts against. Like, there's like a worst case scenario, but if we could take them on one at a time, we might be able to find out what's going on and stop whatever's happening. But there's also the problem of I think there's still some random goons below us destroying all the heirlooms as we speak. Sending off like massive energy signatures that could be very, very bad. Fuck. Right? Weren't they like down there starting when we left? They were gathering everything up. Yeah. They had like a codex that um, one of you stole. I nearly fucked us by stealing. (laughs) (laughs) Did we check the codex to see if there was like an itinerary, like like gather up at eight, destroy at nine? It was more of a catalog of what they had, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think we want to stop that from happening. And I I wouldn't be against uh, giving the future the Tamblin treatment. If we think we could pull it off. That's got to be the next step. Is our goal just to take down the system? It's just the two that are doing it. And then I think we got to question Tamlin a little farther. Yeah, because I feel like your dad will bend pretty easily without them applying pressure. Uh, Something that's interesting that we kind of glossed over. But now, no, I mean, it's obvious that how they felt about magic, but it seems it's very clear now. If they don't understand magic... And why did she have like a magic safe? <laughs> she's kind of weird. Like she's like, oh, magic's so crazy, but unless it benefits me. 
Yeah, fear-mongering for sure. There was something fucky about that safe too. Something felt different. Like it felt like I was reaching into something other than just a safe. It felt more than that. I think these are great questions for Tamlin, right? While we punch her in between each question. Does anybody have like a rag and a bucket of water? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, not a part of my adventurer's kit. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't take, Do you want a waterboard tablet? <laughs> you guys didn't Holy take shit. torturer's equipment? I took torturer's equipment. <laughs> I have cook's utensils? That's close. <laughs> That'll work. The four of you and Godot are gathered around the hearth in Addie's living room. She also happens to have a basement in her home. Addie is currently standing watch over Tamlin and Roz, both of whom are still unconscious. You've uncovered yet another heirloom and the key that you took from Tamlin. You've also got a stack of highly classified documents that Tamlin felt compelled to hide in a strange, otherworldly safe Time is of the essence. What would you like to do? I would like to investigate the files. I'll help. I'd like you to roll an investigation check with advantage. Okay, so I got a 19 plus one. So that's a 20, dirty 20. What are you looking for exactly? Why don't you tell me that? Well, the entirety of the massive folder on the future was completely missing. So I'm looking there. I would also be looking for any other prophecies um, that had maybe been pulled from the file. There are no prophecies. Which makes sense, because Tamlin didn't seem to think those were important. Can I prod him to look for information on the heirlooms themselves? All right, so in the stack of documents you find, there is a folder about Alder Future. It's surprisingly light, and it's mostly redacted. Some of these things you'd know already. There's a little bit of a dossier on who this person is. You don't know their real name or what their name was before they were called the future. They're an original member of the council. You get the sense that there's a well-documented concern over any kind of arcane heirloom that might be floating around the city. Alvi's name is mentioned at least once or twice. Again, it's kind of redacted. It's hard to put together, but you get the sense that like Alder Future knew who Alvi was, knew about the people associated with Alvi, whoever these mysterious people were that helped create those tunnels and their fear of anything magic related. It's not so much a fear as it is like an obsession with identifying something, finding a source of something, looking for answers. But again, it's all redacted. So you're just kind of putting this together that like Alder Future was looking for something, not just wanting to like control the community with fear and not just wanting to contain you know, the magic, but that there was more to the mystery of all of these heirlooms and where magic comes from that seems obsessive. Got it. Of all this information, is there any connections that are sparking between, like, things in this document and maybe things that Victor had said in the past or things that mm. I've heard LV talk about? or any documentation that I've got at the at the church that might line up? There's something in there that leads you to the suspicion that Alvi is connected to the dwellers somehow. Alvi was coordinating an organized group of arcanely gifted individuals. 
and that they were suspected to have some loose organization out of sight that they were also trying to reclaim these heirlooms. And yet it couldn't really be proven. These are like, I guess, redacted sort of conversations with Alder Future. And Tamlin's obviously hidden these here and redacted them because they're both incriminating, but also it's leverage. You know, maybe the future thinks these are destroyed. Maybe they don't know that these documents or these conversations exist on the record. But Tamlin, for some reason, felt the need to keep them under lock and key. With that high role, one thing you find that may not be relevant to UF, but is certainly relevant to the group, is more information belonging to Curvis. That's what I was going to ask. It's all of his notes. Journals of information and locations, you know, um, coordinates on a grid, sightings of possible life, notations about the heirlooms, things that seemed interesting. What's important is that this is extremely valuable information to Curvis. Like this is something he would have kept very close. And so for Tamlin to have all this stuff is odd. So I I definitely take that information and hand it to Walker um, and and say, this is, this is definitely, this is clearly handiwork that belongs to Curvis. And there's clearly something else going on here, but what, here's what I think we should do. Um, F is being self-serious for the first time in a long time. And, you know, no trying to communicate as clearly as possible and turns to the group and and they say, I think that this is a fight that has been going on for generations and we would have to dismantle an entire education system in order to kind of turn this around. It seems as though we've got people on the sort of discovery side with Alvi and Curvis, and we have people who are naturally trying to repress this like Tamlin and the Alder future. I, I also, I believe that in addition to the uh, defaming and public humiliation that we are, we are going to put Tamlin through slash I put Tamlin through, we need to ensure that the future is not left unchecked. But I do not think we can solve all of these problems. There's only so much that we can handle. Walker, during all this, is just kind of looking down, like flipping through Curvis's notes, making those same connections that you mentioned where it's like, why would Tamblin have these? Yeah, that's all really good. And he's going to... Is Addie with us? She's guarding Tamlin and Ross. Uh, I'll head down to where Addie is and just uh, as I walk in to the basement, walk up to her and I'll just put the journals in her hands. These don't belong to me. And then I'm going to keep walking to where Tamlin is and I'm going to grab her by the collar, lift her up to her feet and shove her against the wall and uh, slap her awake. (laughs) Where, where am I? Oh, fuck. Smell that tea. It's... Addie, is that you? She's kind of squinting into the darkness of the basement. Doesn't matter where you are. Even if you knew, you're not going anywhere. Okay. And she's a proud person. She's militant, much like you. She's martially trained. And she kind of straightens her shoulders as much as she can. Holds her head up high and says... What are you going to do? 
Well, that depends entirely on you, doesn't it? Curvis. You had his life's work in that safe. How'd you get it? You know, he, uh, disappeared, and I, I, I didn't want it to go, uh, missing. I didn't want all that hard work to be lost. Insight check? On if he just disappeared, or if... Yeah. She knows more than... That. It's a 17? Oh, yeah. She stammers. There's a tremble in her voice and kind of like a waver. That telltale sign, it gives her away. Disappeared, huh? Just like that? We've lost a few over the years. Your mother. As she's talking, I'm just going to throw her across the room towards Addie's feet. Addie kicks her as she slides across the room. She grunts. Look. I get it with the impressive intimidation tactics, the whatever you're... Just you got. tell me where he is. What happened to him? Is he alive? You can roll a persuasion or an intimidation check. You're definitely going to take intimidation there. Okay, that's a 23. You hear a sword come loose of its sheath, and you can see just barely glinting in the light of the room above flickering through the floorboards of this basement. Addie's sword at Tamlin's throat. She kind of edges up against it. It says, look, he was going to die one way or another. He, and she like winces as the sword slices into her throat even more, pressing slowly into her jugular. She chokes on it a little bit and says, look, he was... He was close to figuring out what was going on. He he helped your mother escape. He helped Ella's mother flee. And we questioned him. We gave him a chance to work with us, to be on our side, to help us discern the fucking chicken scratch that is his quote-unquote life's work. He made his bed. He worked against Vesper. He worked against the council. And when you can do the things that he can do, that they could do, that you can do, well, if you're not prepared, if you don't take the initiative, then you end up kind of like I am right now. My echo's just gonna slowly walk out of me, lean down really close to her, and its mouth is gonna open and close, but it's just kind of like a dissonant hiss, but I'll be talking from where I am just to say the world's changing already. You can't stop it. You chose the wrong side. And then I'm just going to look up at Addie and say, do what you want with her, and I'll walk back upstairs. You walk up the stairs into the main room. And as you do, you hear just the sickening sound of metal slicing against tendon and bone. And it's just a gurgle as Tamlin breathes her last. You hear a sob, a soft one at first that comes from Addie. And then a heavier one as you realize Godot's pieced it together as well. And he's sitting in front of the hearth in a chair, 
hunched over the files and he heard what happened below, what Tamlin said through the floorboards and racked with grief, crying softly. What are all of you doing while this is happening? Ella is uh, looking at the heirlooms that she got from the like the the room with all the other things, like little metals that I have. Uh, she's sitting down, kind of just like twiddling them in her fingers, as well as her keychain that she got from her mother, and trying to see if anything is similar or not between those. If there's any energy or anything. Just trying to recall any instance throughout my entire life of LV expressing any sort of magical ability, just pouring through my memory, trying to think of anything that lines up with this. F is definitely very cognizant of everything that's going on, which feels great because F is an incredibly intelligent person who's just not very articulate and kind of like self-impressed with the ability to not only communicate to the room, but, you know, thinking, but thinking about next steps and is really focused on, okay, we need to rest. We need to defame the future as they defamed me. And it's a very selfish goal, but it's, it's one that exists inside. Yeah. Nothing like being ousted and removed from one's self sense of identity, regardless of whether or not it was wrong. And thinking actively about how to use this in combination with Eleanor's father. I'm trying to piece it all together, just trying to piece the plan together. The mood is dour. Everyone is exhausted and pushed to their limit in terms of trying to understand why they're being persecuted, why any of this is happening in the first place, and what's to be so afraid of that it would warrant this much deceit and treachery. I walk up. And as that sound happens, I just kind of stop and wince. She might have been worth something to us alive, but it didn't feel right to tell Addie that she couldn't have that revenge. I feel like revenge is the theme of the day. And I look up at F. We need our rest, but we're not getting any more answers out of her. I know someone else we can talk to, though. Yes, we have to get the future. I think that, okay, so so to my, to my best ability, as I think about it, I feel like, okay, so we've eliminated Tamlin, be that for good or bad. It's, I think it's a good thing net. But I think that if we, if we recall the meeting in the room, most of the rest of them were kind of just going along with what the future said. So we I need think to take that, him alive. Uh, yep, I, yep, probably, but... Do With Tamlin know? dead, we don't want to just be the murderers that killed the heroes. We need them alive to admit to what they've done. Uh, yeah. And, Ella, I think your mom's alive. I think my parents are as well. I just start quietly crying, and I hug the passed down heirloom. Like, I hold it up to my face and, like, hunch over in my seat. What does it look like? It is a gold keychain, some beads, and then at the end of it is a large, like, north star or evening star. 
sitting on top of a circle, almost resembling a compass. Um, no writing or anything, just just something that's been passed down. And her mom gave it to her to hold on to. And Ella's been noticing weird things with it uh, ever since magic has been a thing again. It's interesting as you consider this hand-me-down, this keepsake, you feel a tug, something from beyond. Roll an arcana check. 17. It's almost like you hear a voice. It kind of whispers to you. It's not intelligible, but it definitely feels like a being of some kind, some sort of higher power. And it's urging you to lean into your gifts. It's almost like that thing you're holding in your hand is a tether to that entity, whatever it is. Godot stands and turns to face you all, and he's still got tears streaming down his face and hurriedly rubs them away and says, you all need rest if you're going to face older future, if you're going to bring the rest of these assholes to justice, you'll need all your energy and all your resources. I think we'll also need you. You have me. What do I need to do? A, a bedroll would be nice if you have any spares. <laughs> um, Are there any any other scouts under your employee that you would trust to join us? Like Farah? Farah was pretty good earlier. Farah really liked Tamlin. She did. She really liked Tamlin. That's true, but like... Farah also us. really liked Addie, right? Right. They're friends. Well, Addie killed Tamlin, so she's going to have to make a choice. Godot gets the gist of what you're saying and reaches out a hand and says... Uh, as far as friends, allies, I think I know a few, but there's one way I'd know for sure. And he gestures at the friend flute that you're carrying on you. I say, we let Godot have the flute, send him off to find allies. I suggest checking with Farah, Hax, Marley. I definitely think Hank and Jerry could help us. Oh, okay. I don't know if Hank will want to help us. No. <laughs> Interesting. We have very different memories of what happened in those well, tunnels. They didn't know what was going on any more than we did, but once they hear the real truth, <laughs> I know Hank and Jerry are good men. <laughs> he turns and says, it's strange to think that just a couple days ago I was ready to hire you to help me investigate this mystery. And here we are unfolding all the wretched wrinkles of this treachery this conspiracy i didn't know what i was getting myself into so you're gonna pay us is what you're saying there's that humor of yours <laughs> you are so funny <laughs> you've been studying i see the arts the arcane arts of uh humor and yeah, juggling getting better at juggling too <laughs> <laughs> while we're talking <laughs> Just this crazy serious moment, and just like da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go to clown college. <laughs> All right, so yeah, Godot, Godot, <laughs> I can't fucking take me out of it. <laughs> Godot leaves. Yeah, Godot we looks go to at bed. you. Yeah, Godot leaves. You go to bed. Yeah, so Godot uh, excuses himself and says, um, "I didn't expect to consider you all friends, but for what it's worth." 
I think you might be some of the best friends that I could hope to make. Again, he brushes kind of the tear from his eye and says, I won't let you down. Do we want to meet up at the church? Church is two layers down. The tunnels might lead up into it. That's a big might. Especially considering we know Alvy was kind of a good guy. We actually know, we know some tunnels that almost definitely lead there. And it's not the ones from the church, it's the ones from Tamlin's office. The future didn't leave the same way she did, right? Right. I say Godot takes any allies we can get and goes to the gate, and we... Take the tunnels? Wait, you ruined the mechanism of the elevator, though. Well, I well. think I ruined the mechanism. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. But you probably just as easily think you could yeah. fix it. Well, can, <laughs> can, I roll, can I roll like an intelligence check to see if I can think of the fact that Tamlin clearly, like, or like, you know, like. Fine, if you want to burn a d20, it's not on me. Good. Uh, no, what do no I that's care? a two. I'm pretty sure I fucked it up, but we could climb down. <laughs> Look, if we take the tunnels, we can sneak up. It's going to be hard to get in there. We're going to have to climb down the elevator shaft because I did an absolute number on it, but I believe in us. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Godot splits. Wait, wait, wait. Before before Godot goes. (laughs) What do you got? (laughs) Is there anything that we should do to Ross? Like, can Ross be trusted at this point? Ross? Um, He's tied up. Oh, he is tied. Okay. In the basement. I, I think we cut off his ankles. <laughs> I wouldn't go that, that was I not, wouldn't go that far oh, yet. No. No, sorry. Okay, so having received a mission from you, which is a strange turn of events, you giving Godot orders, he leaves with Roz cuffed and is transporting him back to the observatory and will proceed to spend the next at least eight hours trying to wrangle up any support that he can get for your cause. Again, I think your trust in Godot comes from the fact that he heard, as well as any of you did, what Tamlin did to Curvis, what she might have been willing to do to Ella and Walker's family, and what she absolutely did to Hattie and Godot. He looks back at you guys and says, this isn't just blind loyalty. We share so much in common now. And if they're willing to kill someone as noble and pure as Curvis, they'll kill any of us. So to that end, we're all in this together. And he turns and he leaves on his mission. As like all this is happening and Godot leaves, you all notice just for like a brief second, I kind of like reach up and pat towards my shoulder and then look over and like for the briefest moment, just out of the corner of my eye, I feel like I see Thalen. We might be hidden in a house, but uh, we should still probably each take turns taking watch on this one. I can take watch entirely. Yep. He can actually. Oh, that's right. You do You do spooky sleep standing <laughs> up. <laughs> Is there not a, requ- a four-hour requirement for you to be motionless? It's six hours. I am motionless, but I can see and hear as normal. Like we don't, we, we don't go to full shutdown. We just put him in sleep mode. Yeah, you put him in sleep mode. <laughs> yes. So position me how you guys want me. Okay, so Leo, you 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 position yourself. Where are you sitting inside, outside? What's going on? I would position myself so I can see out the window and maybe see the front door itself as well. 
Yeah, that's fine. It's 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 basically the home consists of one big, like great room, a kitchenette, and a bedroom. And the bedroom's large enough that everyone can, you know, span out. And we'll say you're sitting in front of the hearth, watching the window, watching the door. While you're sitting in sentry mode, you perceive a scratch at the door. And then you hear another. Yeah, I'll get up. I'll go open the door. It's Campbell. How big is Campbell again? Remind me, is he like, uh, what, like three? Is he's kind of like small. It's like humanoid, but like kind of tiny. So my my imagination for Campbell and like if you took a group of high schoolers and let them loose in a high school and told them to build Chappie, sure, fuck out yeah. of whatever they could find in the high school. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what Campbell looks like. Nice woodshop Chappie. I love it. Shambling <laughs> monstrosity or metal shop, metal shop Chappie. I like yep. it. Yep, yep, exactly. Fuck yeah. Okay. He's standing there and uh, not right at the door. When you open the door, weirdly, he was just scratching at it. He's like across the courtyard in front of uh, Addie's home. He's kind of hopping excitedly. Does he seem to be gesturing at anything specific? You. He's like, wants you to like, oh, kind of like in that way that like a dog gets excited with a toy and like, you know, you can tell that the dog wants you to come play. It's very much that energy. All right, I'll, I'm going to, like, take note of my surrounding a little bit, but go approach Chappie. Not Chappie. Roll a perception Campbell. Chappie. Wow. <laughs> That's where my head's at. Chappie will be V2. Campy? Campy. Uh, perception, you said? Mm-hmm. Uh, 13. You, you take note of your surroundings and walk over to where uh, Campbell was excitedly kind of hopping around trying to get your attention and uh he's not there like you turn and you look and expect to see him and he's just somehow missing and look around and you see that he's actually standing down the street Hmm. can i command him yeah what are you gonna command him to do to approach me okay so you tell him to come here yeah. And he does and reaches out a hand. I'll grab the hand. And you turn to lead him back to the house? Mm-hmm. Except it's not the house anymore. It's stairs. You're standing on stairs. Hmm. And you're inside like a tunnel. And the stairs are leading up. Do I recognize it at all? You feel like you too. It's like deja vu. Okay. Like I feel like I've been there before, but I don't actually recognize it, sort of. Yeah. And he's trying to pull at you. He's tugging at you. You turn to walk back down the stairs, and he's pulling you up. Hmm. Do I hear anything from either direction? Yeah, you know, from, from up, you hear... A soft trickle, a drip, drip, drip. And you could swear maybe like a deep kind of sigh, something breathing. 
maybe a voice beckoning you. It's hard to tell. Okay. Let's. Yeah, I. I built Campbell. I trust Campbell. I'll follow. Campbell leads you up to a large set of stone doors. And at the base of the stone doors is like a smaller opening, like a normal sized door that you'd walk through. You're in kind of a crystalline cavern. Like it's stone, but like the further you go up and into it, it's like crystals, aquamarine, shimmering silver crystals like cascade from the ceilings where there would be like stalactites and stalagmites like from the uh, floor and ceiling you instead see kind of like crystalline features like growing out um and there's like light emanating from somewhere but it almost feels like it's emanating from the crystals so it's like you're able to see and without the use of dark vision and you hear the clank of Campbell's footsteps as he drags you along and a face appears from within the tunnel, and he walks across the room toward you, smiling. He says, so glad you made it. The others are waiting inside already, and the dweller will be with you shortly. Any recognition of the person you've never seen his face but his voice is familiar it's the voice you heard behind closed doors at the council meeting it's the voice of alder james who was the representative of the dwellers your friends are inside you can join them now if you like boy pj really cannot make up his mind when he wants <laughs> yeah. to trust this motherfucker i don't want to trust him <laughs> i don't want to trust him but i kind of want to follow anyway I got to know. Boy, <laughs> Campbell is so excited. He's like, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. Oh, fuck. All right, let's go, buddy. You have to duck just a little bit to get through that doorway. And on the other side, you're in just the most beautiful garden of natural fungus and underground flora that grows along the walls. It grows in between all the crystalline features. There's a large circle of light that like shines down. It's, it's evening light. It shines down through a large opening in the cavern above. And seated on the floor in a semicircle with a place for you are your friends. Walker F. Ella the last thing any of you remember is laying down to take a long rest, to sleep, to recuperate. And you open your eyes as you hear the clanking sound of Campbell's footsteps leading your friend Leo into this cavern. I don't think any of you remember coming here, but you're each fully conscious in this moment. And in a cavern, not in Addie's. Not in Addie's. How did you guys get here before I did? We're just sitting here, normal, like nothing, no restraint, nothing. Yeah, I mean, one moment you were kneeling down to meditate, and the next minute you opened your eyes and you were in this crystal cavern. I don't know. I don't know if here is really even here. Uh, did I black out? I don't, 
I haven't had slick in a few days. So if you blacked out, I blacked out too. <laughs> and I don't know. Did we like? Did we play chess? Did we bet drinks on it? Because like that would be an explanation. I think that's happened before. Uh, no, definitely did not happen. I don't know where we are. <sighs> so none of us know what the fuck's going on. Elder James, I think we're a little confused. Could you enlighten us on what's going on? Uh, enlightenment, yes. This is sought after by many. Attained by so few. Not the religious kind. I've had enough of that shit. Indeed. And he's brought in a tray of steaming beverages, and you smell the sweet and spicy herbs of some sort of tisane. And he gestures, and, like he's offering it to all of you. I should say that he is a he is a drow, and he's got kind of grayish skin and a bit of a goatee, and pointed ears and very prominent brow ridges. His hair is, I mean, his, his scalp is completely bald, and he wears sort of it's 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 not dissimilar from your own garb, F, but. Perhaps not as like meant for presentation. Like everything you wear, you wear almost like a uniform. Like what you wear is like what the future wears to signify like who they are. What he wears is just the modest clothing of someone who doesn't partake in like modern civilization at all. Like he just wears a drab, uh, drab robes of of some kind that seem like they probably are in need of some darning and maybe a wash. And he hands tea to all of you if you'd like to accept it. If if I have the chance to intercept, I'd like to pour all of it down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. You could do that. I mean, he's not like, he doesn't try to dodge out of your way or anything. You grab all the tea and pour it down your throat. And then you're taking all of them. He, he <laughs> seems surprised and it says, I didn't know that. I was very thirsty. Folk of your kind actually drank, but that's, I obviously have poured too small. <laughs> A cup for you. Forgiveness, please. Um, the rest of you, would you care? I could pour some more if you want. I have plenty. Not really a tea guy. Sorry. Okay, yes. Understand. It helps me just calm my nerves. Like, what's it What's it taste like? Oh, my boy, have you ever smelled fresh blossoms on a spring day? In the, in the turning of spring to summer, when you you smell the first blades of grass and the earth just fills, it, that's what it smells like. It, I definitely it tastes like one. that. I definitely, yeah. you know, reach, hold out my hand. It's earthy. Uh, he pours you another cup and uh, offers one to L and L as, as well. F downs it. I uh, I raise my hand, like to just say no thank you and then ask again so for real this time though what what are we doing here you've come to see the dweller you've come to forget i'd imagine i'm sorry (laughs) maybe there's a misunderstanding i don't actually run the show here i am merely a servant you've come to see the dweller you've come to lay your troubles before her and I assume you've come to forget. That's what most do. Is the, is the tea that I just drank supposed to make me forget? Because that's not no. what I was looking for. Okay. It's just tea. It's my dude. It's. I got, I got really worried about a vision quest I mean, for a moment there. I've got it in a little <laughs> jar over there. You can look at it. It's like 
jasmine pearl. It's okay. really good, but right. it's, right. I mean, it takes me a really long time to ball those little leaves up. So I don't just give it away. I do give it away, but I'm not just like trying to throw it away. Um, so if, if you're all fine, I, I really shouldn't stick around for this part. It's rather personal. And you guys booked a foursome, so I'll let you, you know, be your whole group. Okay, I'll see myself out. And he like, exits the, uh, the big room that you're in. It's very, very large. And then as he does, you hear a voice. soft it's feminine it oozes a sense of calm that like seeps into your pores and it echoes out into the chamber around you I must say it has come sooner than I expect but I am grateful for these moments are so few and far between, and I have so few left. Tell me, what have you come to forget? You don't see the person speaking. You just hear it echoing from the shadows of the cavern on the other end. Is the door locked? No. Is Campbell still here? Yeah, he's like just chilling next to you. <laughs> I don't want to forget. I want to I want to remember, of course. We have things to do. Don't you want Do you know what we're doing right now? Do you know what Do you know what's going on up there with us and everything else and the the Tamlin and the well the she she Tamlin. You've come to remember. I don't know if I meant it that way. It has been so long since I have told a story. And you hear soft footsteps and a woman with soft features, but aging skin, white hair that's pulled in tight braids back behind her head. It cascades over her shoulders and all the way down past her hips. And she wears a light-colored tunic and a green cloak that drags the floor behind her. She has gold jewelry that dangles from her wrists, way oversized. It dangles and jangles softly as she walks. And her eyes, when you first see them, are cloudy. And they come into focus and you see the sparkle of aquamarine in them as the cloudiness fades. And she kneels in front of all of you and puts out her hands open, her palms open in front of you at her, at her sides. She sighs deeply and says, there is so much tension here. I can help you remember. Remembering is pain. Are you certain that's what you want? Yes. Okay. Do you know why they call me the Dweller? No, of course not. I lived in the storms of Aram, the mountains that your ancestors called home after the first wave. I lived there 
in solitude when the first refugees came into the tunnels. I was so thankful for company. I was so thankful for stories. And I would listen to them tell me of their troubles. And then I discovered that through the act of listening and through the ancient arts that awakened in me during that time, I realized that I could take those troubles. I could store them. And she pulls from inside her cloak a small stone tablet that shimmers, and of course it's shimmering with that aquamarine light. I could store them for later. And when I took their troubles, when I took their stories, they were able to move forward, unburdened by the chaos of the past, the trauma of who they were. No shame, no guilt. And so I have done for many, many years, until I was no longer needed, until there was no trauma. There was nothing left for me to take. They call me the Dweller because I lived there before anyone. And I taught my arcane art to others. And together we healed Vesper of their traumas. And as I have healed you of yours. And now you ask to remember. Knowledge seems like uh, the resource we're most lacking in these days in this fight. It's getting better, but... If there's anything we don't know, maybe it helps. Seems like this whole place is balanced on the edge of a knife and anything to tip the scales. I have taught my art to many over the years. There were two remaining at the end of the war. Something I'm sure most of you have forgotten or never know about. And those two have passed. I am the last to teach this art, and perhaps now you're here to learn it yourselves. The art that I teach is valuable. When the first wave struck and then the second, so many people sunk to deeds that were not who they truly are or are so true to their core that they could not live with themselves afterwards. So I have, for so many years, listened to those stories and taken them, reshaped those stories, reshaped those memories so that they could live a life without the shame. I have borne the burden of mortal kind's histories so that they can move on and build a better tomorrow. If you like, I can teach you how it's done, for I am not long for this world. And I fear I will not find another. It is your choice. You have to select a new dweller soon, right? Yes, or the dweller line dies with me. If we were to accept, must we stay here? No. I offer it as a gift. You do with it as you please. The gift to erase memories? The gift 
to reshape the past. I feel compelled to confer with my new friends, but if they don't have objections, then I accept. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I could have been that I would have wanted to forget. I don't know what could it, yeah, I think I have to know. Learning what you do might be the only way out of this that doesn't end in a lot of bloodshed. If we can shape what people remember or give people knowledge they didn't have, that might, that might be the answer. And besides, I was here before. My life is so fucked up. What did I forget that's worse than what I remember? Yeah, I'm in. What if we, I mean, if we came here to forget, when we didn't even know we forgot something until she told us we did. You're not just better off not knowing what hurt you? So much that you had to come in and forget it. Pain is a constant. That's why we have slick. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie is torn. She's I was like, I would like to forget this whole campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to forget this night. I would like to forget. My life was so much happier when I was just up on the surface <laughs> yeah, playing my like, harp. I might be the only one who actually takes her up on the forgetting thing. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm pretty happy right now. <laughs> Perhaps it would help if I explain. And she hovers her hand over, mutters an incantation above the stone tablet that she's holding in her hand. And a thin strand kind of like extends up out of it and she dangles it over her fingers and kind of like weaves it in and out and dances playfully on the air. And she says, I will take these memories and I will give them back and they will cause you pain. And then you'll have to describe to me what happens. And then together we will reshape that memory. And so you will leave this place and you will have no memory of that or this if you don't want it. So if we get this power, we can help everyone remember what the second wave was and what other stuff can be outside of this place? Is that what we, like, maybe people would remember why magic left? Is, is that, that's what it seems like what happened. Magic doesn't seem to just come back all of a sudden. I mean, it's just show up out of nowhere. You could not be more right. It has never left. Would remembering help show that magic isn't dangerous? It can heal? I'm not sure what remembering would do. I won't lie to you. It's painful to remember the past. But healing starts with confrontation. It starts with action. It takes initiative. I'll admit that I have coveted and hoarded these stories for centuries. They are precious to me. They make me feel connected to my past and to yours. 
If anything can be said, it's that whatever Kana is, whether she is a spirit of of the world, she is some all-seeing and knowing force that guides us, or simply a general connection we all share to the arcane energy that binds us. If she wants you to remember, then maybe you should. I don't know. But all I can say is that I, these stories, these tales, these memories, they will die with me. And if they can help, they can provide answers, then I would be willing to part with them. Remembering the past has literally been my entire life's purpose. So, unless any of you have objection, I want to accept this. I I think F feels very similar to the point of where they've failed to understand themselves for so long that the idea that there is this their own like secret history that they're unaware of they have to investigate it um, for a sense of identity for a sense of self I think that uh, Walker's been kept in the dark about so much shit he's just sick of not knowing the dweller looks at you and says I know that this is strange and I'll admit this is one of the first times I've been surprised in many years, but if you're ready, we can begin. Ella nods her head. And she closes her eyes and moves her fingers in a somatic movement. And she pulls out a memory. And it's a thin strand. She did it earlier, but now she pulls out one very specific. And she says, this is a spell called Encode Thoughts. With this spell and others similar to it, I can detect and encode thoughts from the tablet. It stores within it all the stories, all the tales of Kana. It takes great wisdom. It takes so much focus and fortitude because sifting through the sands of time, it tugs at your sanity. And she holds it up and she stands, she walks over and she kind of like lowers it. You, You see her reach her hand up above you and lower it down and you don't feel anything happen but the memory disappears the others see the memory the little little strand disappear into ella's mind it feels like nothing at first and then there's a spike you hear her voice almost as if it's like in your head and she says focus focus on the memory where are you i'm in my house is it day or is it night it's 
It's nighttime. Um, I, I hear lots of loud crashing. I think I'm under my bed. My face hurts. Who else is there? Um, sounds like my father's in the other room. Yelling, maybe? It sounds like there's someone at the door saying something. Do you get up? I... I get up and, and I open the door into the, um... The living space is in complete shambles and someone has... There's a, a scout at the door with their... I could tell because of their um, their armor that they wear, the outfits, everything. And it, with clues of distraught father and a scout at the door, this is probably the night Kendrith found out she was gone. My mother. How old are you? About seven or eight, really young. Still able to think on my own, but not really sure what's going on. Um, in pain, don't know why. Um, but whenever my dad looks at me, he is distraught and ashamed. And, yeah. So what does the house look like? Tables are turned and... Photo frames are broken, paper scattered, complete wreck. And um, if I remember the time I, wa- I came to this place, this place we're standing in right now, it's not me walking in, it's my father holding me, wanting me to forget that he was ever like that in front of me. So it makes sense for why he's... He never really shows emotion around me anymore. Like he's just always thinking... Ashamed that I chose the path I did. Maybe because my mother chose that path, I... He didn't want me to disappear too. But he knows he can't really control me, so... He lets me do what I want. It's frustrating. Just want something to come out of him, some some sort of emotion. Maybe that's even why I go down to lower levels. I maybe I thought he didn't know, or and maybe deep down I did know that he knew. I don't know. And your father carries you across the room and sits you down and. He rocks back and forth with you in his arms and cries. Keeps whispering your mother's name, Fela. Until you fall asleep in his arms, but when you wake up, the house is restored. And your father is aloof. And it drives a wedge between you for many years. Because you never talk about it again. 
as the dweller is talking through this with Ella, she is also reshaping the memory. And she says, shall I, shall I take it or would you like to keep it? I'll keep this memory. It'd be better to know and to have a conversation about it with him. Very well. And then she turns to Leo, who's sitting right next to Ella, and mutters the same incantations and pulls a thread out and returns it to you. You feel a pang of emotion, and she says, where are you, Leo? We are in the showroom of the Church of the Second Wave, and I'm there with Alvi and Victor. This is very early in my existence because Alvi is about 13. I look exactly as I do. And Victor, weirdly, seems spry. And it's early enough that we still have a decent amount of daily visitors to the church. So every other week, we swap out the exhibits on a schedule, bi-weekly exhibit. And uh, we're taking down the exhibit of pre-wave pottery, and we're putting up the exhibit of Triton weaponry. And there's a knock at the door. And it's not common, but it's nothing out of the ordinary. It's it's nothing to be afraid of. It's, I mean, knock at the door at night. What are you going to do? Victor opens the door, and there are five men in hoods that beat him to death. Relentlessly. And leave his lifeless corpse the entrance of the church and after they leave I approach him kneel down and I touch him and life returns to him but I mean these are his last days now and I remember them this is how I remember him in his last days as this crippled, sickly, decrepit old man. And I had remembered it as a slow progression, but it was was a very sudden event. You hear the voice of the dweller say, we can reshape it to whatever you want. We can say how it happened. 
can I answer the door instead? I like to think that I'd be able to put up a better fight than Victor could. And so you do. You open the door and those seeking to enter are stunned to find you there. And they're no match for your stature and your constitution and your strength. What happens to them? I'd... I'd beat them until they weren't fighting back. If that's to death or if that's to unconsciousness, I don't think I'd, I'd make a... I wouldn't, I wouldn't beat them past unconsciousness, but I wouldn't worry about it whether or not they were dead if I'm winning. She senses like your, your kind of stress and your uncertainty and she just gently massages your thoughts until your stature is enough to intimidate them and they, they back away and they mutter amongst themselves and you take one swing at the nearest and it sends them flying backward and they grab this individual up off the floor and they carry them off into the tunnels. You turn back and Victor steps forward and puts a hand on your shoulder and he says, You know those are people that you're going to have to deal with in the future, right? The memory becomes cemented and you have no recollection of the trauma. In the coming days and weeks and years, Victor falls ill and his ailment leads to an eventual death at home. And you and Alvi continue to run the church to the best of your ability. But that's all you remember. And the others see as you're describing this, she pulls the memory from you, reshaping it as she does. And she puts it back into the tablet. She doesn't have to keep the memory. It's the reshaping it that is important. The modifying of the memory, which is what the spell is called, modify memory. It's a very, very powerful spell, especially to modify a memory so old. And maybe she's describing some of this as she's doing it. The older the memory is, the more difficult the spell becomes, the more powerful you must be to do it. And then you must encode the memory and store it. It's like data. And it lives here until you need it. Until someone does. Okay, so Leo modified the memory, but that doesn't change that that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Right? He just remembers it to be like he fell ill one day and died. Mm-hmm. She walks over to F and she pulls a memory from the tablet. You feel a surge of pain as this memory that you've forgotten starts to form in your mind. Where are you, Ev? I'm in a dark room, sitting alone, and I, I remember being happy. I remember being cheery. I remember... I think I had a name, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I've been. I've been in this room for a while, and it's. It's a. It's a dark room, and after hours and hours of being alone, I sink into that inky blackness and that bridge to daylight that's right underneath the door sill. 
It starts to disappear and be eaten by nighttime. And I, I hear the knock at the door and, and the knock is the monk. And he's, he's come, he comes to the door and he's asking, are you recounting your rights? I can't hear you recounting your rights, future. And F starts to starts to say them. Kana sees, but we know. When the stars speak, we listen. One future speaks for the whole, and no one will know our names. And and F the future keeps repeating this and and the, the man at the door says louder and shakes the door and you can see his footprints there. And F starts crying and, and breaking down and the the monk after a couple more re- recantations, Kana sees, but we know. When the stars speak, we listen. One future speaks for the whole and no one will know our names. It repeats and repeats and repeats and faster and faster and faster. And the future asks, do you remember your name? And F says, it, it's Chambers. And the monk says, try again. And pours more water into the room because there's water collecting at F's ankles. And he can't lay down and sleep. And the sun comes back up and it repeats for five days until he doesn't know his name. And he just is the future. This is why you came. Because this makes it very difficult to be who you are. And yet it is who you are. Shall we reshape it? I don't think I want to reshape it. I just need to remember it. I think I need to sit with it for a bit. Who I was and who I am. She turns at last to Walker. Who's observed all of this and now it should be clear that what the dweller is doing is effectively reshaping memories, but also keeping a record of them. So that should anyone want to remember, or should anyone need to remember the past, they will, and the burden to remember the past has just fallen to a few who felt strong enough to do so. And she turns to Walker and pulls a memory. As she reaches out to pull the memory, Walker pulls away for a moment to hesitate, mm-hmm. and then like kind of still steals himself and reaches up and kind of touches at his shoulder, and then allows her. And she lowers her hand, and the story begins to form in your mind. You steal yourself, you put your hand on your shoulder, and you don't even feel it at first. And then when she says, where are you, Walker? The picture begins to form. I am in a, it's not really a bunk. It's beneath the surface, it's down in Osiria. It's like a collection of kelp that sort of forms a type of hammock. 
in what seems to be a barracks full of other children. I rise to the sound of a kind of a high-pitched screech that's a horn that's the sounding alarm for the morning to rise and there's an excitement and a terror in me as I know today is my proving. No one at the school really knows what their actual birthday might be, but we're assigned a specific date within our age range that is essentially a birthday and everyone of that age shares one and we're brought to the proving hall where we're assigned our opponents based on our scores so far and I'm the top of my class with one other and my best friend Thalen is brought forward. And we know that the proving is a moment to decide who is truly, you know, the prodigy of the school. But none of us really know what it is. And they tell us there's no need for a dozen soldiers when six great ones can get the job done. And we realize that only one of us gets to leave the room. As the fight goes on, I consider letting Thalen win, but my instincts kick in and I kill him. And as he falls, emotions overtake me and I scream out and for a split second I swear a shadow stretches out from me and a shadow stretches back out from him and I absorb a piece of him. And suddenly I'm 10 years later sitting in a bar and I realize I'm having a conversation with no one because I forgot and I forced the memory to change and I've spent my life believing he was right there with me the whole time but he wasn't and my memory goes forward a little bit more to that first moment I unleashed my echo and it's clearer in my head than the wispy shadow it's been, and I realize it's, it does look like me, but it's not. It's wearing a tight military uniform, and its hair is shorter. And it carries a more serious air to it. And it's not that I'm extending myself, but there's a fraction of a soul more than my own within me. I don't know if your eyes are open, but for those who can see, the dweller has tears streaming down her cheek, and she says, I hate this story so much. 
so much of our past, so much of the people who came before us lives inside of all of us. So much of our past defines who we are today. And yet it is so unbearable. What shall we make of this memory, Walker? Walker has just a deep frown on his face and he looks up and he says, I always knew I hated people who thought that their position gave them some sort of fucking power over us. I just never really knew why. I knew I fucking hated them down there too. I want to keep this. So I can remember just how fucking cruel people who think they're important can be. She takes a step back, then she goes back to the center of the room and she kneels down. So many of us wish to forget. I myself have no memory of who I was before the wave. I have inklings of who I might have been. I have ideas about my ancestry. I know what I am. But I have coveted these stories because your histories give me purpose and give me a framework with which to view the world. It makes me feel important. And yet here I am at the end of my life, no closer to righting all the wrongs of these histories. So. Now you know how it's done. You must read the thoughts and reshape them. And if you wish to save them, you must have something with which to store them. And in order to do that, you must encode them so that they cannot be lost. And the older a memory is, the more difficult it is to reshape. Whatever power lies in this way Perhaps it is lost with me. Maybe people don't want to forget anymore. Maybe remembering is more powerful. But healing is powerful. And she looks at you, Ella, and says, Kana calls to you. The gift you have doesn't come from that focus, that talisman you carry. It's just a conduit. That stone you carry in your pocket, Walker, it didn't wake anything up in you. You see now it has been with you your whole life. Leo, you don't remember, but before today, before you came here, before you found these friends, you also knew how to do some of these things. You have been around for decades. And you have learned this. And as I remember it. You willingly forgot those things to protect your friends. And you, F, four prophecies spoken, three forgotten. Why did you choose to remember the last? I don't know the answers to these questions. But I do know you're all touched by Kana. You all have the innate arcane abilities that our ancestors all held. 
And I am certain there are more. So, do with it what you will. Go out into the world. Make it a good place for people like you. And make certain that those who wish to oppress who you truly are have no right to do so. And no place in the future of Kana. By now, she's kind of like winding her way back into the caverns, the shadows of the cavern. She seems tired. This has exhausted her. She puts, tucks her tablet inside her uh, cloak in her breast pocket, and she is kind of sing-songing, speaking into the caverns, and her voice echoes around the chambers. And you now see that you've been here long enough that the sun has set outside. It's dark. You can see the stars coming out way above in the sky above the cavern. There was a friend of mine, my oldest friend, actually, who used to come and tell me stories all the time. I won't say their name out of respect, but you know them as older future. We have not spoken in some time because their ideas about the past and about the future became concerning. Whatever they say, whatever guise they have led this city to believe, the truth is you are the only true oracle at the Institute. And it makes them feel small. It makes them feel ashamed. You will be the one thing they desire most. Uh, oh, what, what to do with that information? Uh, While he's stunned in silence, you said you won't say his name out of respect, but will you say his name out of disrespect? Please. No. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Worth a shot. <laughs> you know, Persuasion. A dead name is a dead name. Fair point. That's understandable. Okay, if we kill him and come back. <laughs> F is still having a real hard time processing this idea that he actually did see the future slash a prophecy and that it's real. <laughs> that's that's what's messing them up. Like that's that's the problem or the trepidation. There are many more truths to be learned. Too many to unravel here, but this has been a journey. I do so love hearing stories, even the dark ones, even the sad ones. As you walk back down the tunnel, the memory of walking there begins to come back to you. You step out through a secret door into a small room at the back of a tower. In front of you is a table and a chessboard. Folks are ordering pines and they're sidling up next to their friends after a very long day and they are telling stories and sharing laughs, setting up their dragon chess pieces. And you realize you're inside the night's end. It's a little jarring at first to be standing inside a tavern, not sure 
how you came to be here, but then you begin to remember all the details, putting pieces of the puzzle together, realizing from the histories you've uncovered that Alvi used to come here and meet someone. And this being your only lead, you came and found the door that leads to the dwellers in the back. And when you walked in, you asked the barkeep if Alvi Feldman ever used to come here. And sure enough, her eyes lit up. Oh yeah, I haven't seen Alvi in a while. And then she chose you to the back room. And Leo, when you sat down in Alvi's seat at the chessboard, you reached out and you set the short king in its place on the table. And that door opened. And the four of you made your way up to see the dweller. And now as you're leaving, that same barkeep slides four pints across the table at you, winks and says, so how did it go? Get what you need off your chest? Leon is the DM, PJ Heller as Leo Feldman, Leslie Ray as Ellen L. Valen, Joshua Ramsey as Walker Omeron, and Crossland Shaw as F, aka The Future. The show is a production of Atomic Pylon Media. Our intro theme was composed by Mathar. The episode was mixed by Jeremy Tuttle and was edited by Crossland and Mathar. Our cover art was illustrated by Leslie Ray. You can support our show by following at Catacomb Party on Instagram and Twitter and on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple, and I think you can do that on Spotify as well. That helps a lot with reaching more listeners like yourself. Thank you, as always, for supporting us, and uh, we love you. Now, get out.
I don't know if it's just because of the music, but like that had such a I don't know, like a Harry Potter ending yep. vibe to yeah. it. Yeah, it was great. It was great. <laughs> Definitely felt that. The dark to the, yeah. Just like a Harry Potter movie, it was so fucking dark. Yeah. And then it just ends kind of whimsical at a train station. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. 